Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. It's no surprise to regular Song of the Soul listeners that I am deeply connected to both folk Americana music and to spirit-tinged lyrics, so I could hardly do better than to share today's Song of the Soul guest with you. You'll hear Abigail Dowd's North Carolinian accent immediately, and you'll hear the voice of an angel poet in the same moment. Both of Abigail's parents were musicians. Her grandfather combined a barber shop and music shop, a shop, by the way, where it's said that Keith Richards bought guitar strings. I'm sure you'll be enchanted by Abigail's stories and music, so don't forget to come to NordenSpiritRadio.org to hear the bonus excerpts on our site, the bits of the interview that simply won't fit into the 55-minute broadcast. Let's give proper due to Andrew Jansen, who is providing production assistance on today's program. The big moment has arrived to use Zoom to join Abigail Dowd in Greensboro, North Carolina. Abigail, I'm sure you can't believe how excited I am to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Hi, I'm excited. This is so nice. Thank you for having me. One question I wanted to start out with right away, Abigail, is what religious upbringing you have. I mean, I know your mother played guitar, your parents were both musicians, and I have some sense of some religious traveling, some opening up of your spirit that happened, and I'm just wondering where you started from. I think that's a fair question after you listen to my music. When my mother and I moved back from Michigan to her hometown, and she had been raised Pentecostal. And so I think when I was born, I was probably baptized Methodist. I'm not really sure. I don't remember it. But when I was about four years old, I spent my time in that church, in the Pentecostal church. And it leaves quite an impression, especially that energy of a Pentecostal church, because the joy around music and there's this real lightness and singing and people are, you know, they're pretty loud in their praise. My grandmother spoke in tongues. And so it was really interesting in the eyes of a four-year-old. But then there was also the jumping up and down, talking about hell and that, you know, you're four years old thinking, I don't stand a chance. Either that or this guy's crazy. So thus began my spiritual journey. That makes sense. That's a piece I hadn't known at all before about you, but that it makes sense the other places you've traveled. You know, I'm going to make sure we get in as much of this music as we can. Beautiful Day came out, it's now almost a year ago that you released the album. Is it, of the three albums you've put out, is it a particular spiritual related to the other ones, or is this all, they're all three like that? There are definitely hints of that in all three. Beautiful Day is unique in that at the time of writing Beautiful Day, I had not set out to write an album. Our house was flooding, and our house flooded over and over and over. So for a period of probably two years, my health was suffering, and I wasn't able to live in our house. We had just been married, and I was bouncing around to different people's homes, and I could not see where it was all leading, but I had this. I knew that it was a blessing. Somehow I just knew, I've prayed for this. 
every single thing that is going on in my life right now is really a manifestation of a prayer. And the songs really just sort of fell out, if you will. But I find that it was a time of really finding my own trust in my faith. Did Jason bounce around with you? No, he stayed in that house, that dirty house. Uh, he was trying to re he remodeled the entire house. He actually renovated the house and he stayed with our animals and he was living with no heat and, and trying to bring it back to life, which he did. And then it flooded again after we had completely renovated and all of that. The city of Greensboro ended up buying our house, fortunately. Now we are around the corner from our old torn down house, but at the top of the hill instead of the bottom of the hill. <laughs> so we are on high dry ground. Okay. Wow. So you mentioned your health and my experience is the times when I'm beleaguered, when I'm having hard times, as much as I hate being knocked off my game, it also has taken to me some of the pinnacle experiences in my life. And for you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's my body's way of ringing the alarm. And there's something about when you get to that, you can hear the voice, but sometimes when you get to that place physically, it becomes the place where you go, okay, I'm not compromising anymore. And it makes you stand up for things like moving out of your house when you're just married. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're a stronger man than I am, and you're not even a man. And that's that's impressive. <laughs> Well, let's get started with your music right away. I hope people already have some excitement about getting to know Abigail Dowd. I've been totally enthralled as I've been learning you through the music. So where do we go first? Let's start with the song Diamond, because that was a song that I wrote before all of the flooding. But, you know, Thomas Wolfe said we're always writing the same story over and over. And for me, it was this search for home. And the song Diamond, really, that sort of fell out, this sense that we're already there. We just have to listen and be present in the moment. And there it is. We're going to launch right into it. Abigail Dowd is here today for Song of the Soul. And we're starting with the gem of a song. It's Diamond.
spirit we have here today for song of the soul just shared diamond her name is abigail dowd and her website is abigaildowd.com any questions on spelling come via northern spirit radio.org you say in the song that you used to know all the answers and of course greatest of wisdom is to go to the place of unknowing is that where you're at or maybe you've rebuilt since then Oh, yeah, I think there's a sense of always being in that present moment where you don't really know anything except what's right in front of you. But those lyrics, the way that I write a song, typically, and it can be different, and I may try to change it up just to see what happens, is I'll be strumming my guitar, and I'll find something, just a groove or a riff or whatever, and then just start belting out whatever. And those were the first words that came out. One of the things you say in there is that nobody told you I could believe in all the divine that lives within me. That's something I'm very comfortable with. I'm a Quaker, and that's, you know, the inner light, that's a whole Quaker thing. It's not a Pentecostal thing, I don't think. Where did you get led to the divine within you? That is one of those answers that I think I always knew. I think I came with that. I think that some of the things that were being taught when I was a little kid never resonated with me. It was like, no, that's not what Jesus was saying. He's just saying we're all, we all have that. But when you grow up, I, I grew up Presbyterian and I, but I have relatives who are Buddhists. And so I just, I grew up around people with lots of different beliefs. But that is one that, you know, you do hear that voice. And the older, for me, the older that I get, the more I've learned, wow, there really is a voice and is connected to something higher, but it's also my own soul's voice. And for me, I believe it's all one. It's all connected. I think there is a higher, one higher power, but I also think that we're part of that. And that's how we really are all connected. So when we tap into that. And how do you get there? I mean, for 
a typical Quaker way is to go silent. And I feel like for Abigail, maybe it's go sit within the sound of a river or maybe it's just noodling on your guitar. I don't know. But how do you get to that voice? Do you get it by when you go shopping? Oh, Lord, no. That's Uh, what I thought. (laughs) (laughs) I have to go sit in a long silence after shopping. I started meditating. Uh, Maybe when I was in college, I remember going to the library and checking out a book on meditation and sitting by my dear friend, which was a tree that I still visit when I go back to Chapel Hill, and reading about meditation. And I just had this real interest in it. And then at a certain point in my life, somebody taught me how to meditate And when I lived in Maine, I deepened my meditation practice. And now it's just a pretty regular thing for me. I remember taking a yoga class in college my senior year and just this sense of, I need to be in this class, but a sense of dread around being it. Because every time I would sit that still in that class, I could just feel that every path that I was planning to take was not where I was supposed to be going. And I did it anyways. So now I trust the voice. That's good. And I trust you to give us another song. And as I said, folks, as I listened to Abigail Dowd's music before this interview, becoming familiar with her, I have a sense of a strong spiritual stream that's moving onward. And I'm so glad to be riding on it with you today. So what do we want to share? Let's listen to One Moment at a Time. The man who taught me to meditate, his name's Tom Thompson. On a whim, when our house was flooding, I decided to go surprise him for a sadhana class that he was teaching, and I hadn't seen him in years. And on my drive there, I got to a stoplight, and these lyrics just, they just kind of like downloaded in about being in the present moment. So that is one moment at a time. That's where we're headed, to One Moment at a Time by Abigail Dowd. every morning and I take it one step at a time And I face my days one breath at a time We are all one together in this life It goes on and on one moment at a time Come from where we're meant to be Exactly where we're going Are we ever really free If I am you And you are me We are all one Together in this life Sometimes all I've got Sometimes all I know Sometimes all that I can see Is what is right in front of me
take it one step at a time And I face my days one breath at a time One step at a time One breath at a time One moment at a time One Moment at a Time is a song by Abigail Dowd. As Abigail told us before the song started, she encountered it at a stop sign, a stoplight, that we could take those kinds of things in our lives as moments to center down and to reach that spot of stillness where we find the gifts like this kind of song. It's from Abigail's album released about a year ago almost called Beautiful Day and on abigaildow.com you'll find the link to it. Beautiful Day is highlighted right there for you to track down along with her other two albums. Actually, when I heard One Step at a Time, I was thinking AA right away. Where did you get your One Step at a Time? And again, is this from Tom Thompson? Is it from someone else? I didn't get it from anywhere. It got me. I mean, really, it just, I had my phone. I had a stoplight and the words just came and I just typed in everything that just kind of fell in. I didn't really think about it. When I went back and read it, I love that it can mean anything to anybody. But for me, it's to be in this moment, not worrying about what I'm going to do next and to break it. You know, sometimes I just have to break my day into a series of steps. Do this first. How do you want to feel? How do you get there? You sometimes refer to yourself as a song catcher, that it's not your intellect or you pursuing a song. It's the song being tossed to you. So this is one of them. What percentage of your songs are caught as opposed to tracked down and hunted? That's a good question. And I don't know. You know, Flannery O'Connor said that if you show up every day, and I wish that I had the discipline to show up every single day, but she would show up every single day and write. And she said, it may be a bad day more often than not, but at least you're sitting there when it's a good day. There are songs that I feel like are maybe more of a struggle, and it takes me a little more patience to see what falls in. So you don't have the discipline to do daily yoga, daily meditation, that kind of thing? That's oh, not part yeah, of the yoga, the meditation. There are a lot of things I'm disciplined about every day, but I don't sit down and write every day. I don't sit down with my guitar every day. Well, more music. I'm hoping we get through a lot of music. So what song's next? Let's do Beautiful Day. That's the title track of the album. It's the first song on the album. I wrote it while I was living with neighbors. I was sitting on their front porch, and it just, again, it's sort of that seeing the blessing in the darkness and knowing that the sun always comes up the next day, and we will too. We just have to hang on. Here is title track of Abigail Dowd's latest album, It's Beautiful Day. Outside of my window, it's a beautiful day I ought to go out for a while Call up a friend or lean on a stranger I can sure use a smile On this beautiful day Beautiful day outside Mama called this morning, but I didn't 
didn't answer I didn't have the heart to say And I've been feeling kind of lonely Sometimes I get blues Mama's try to make it all okay They want every day to be a beautiful day Beautiful day outside Father, you can go Do you think you're the only one who knows Friend, I know Cause I have seen the darkness I've got shadows inside But I hold on for the light It didn't make me stronger It's never been a day that the sun don't rise Bring a beautiful day Beautiful day outside Hold on, my friends No one sees clearly in the dark Just the start of a beautiful day, beautiful day, oh beautiful day outside. Beautiful Day is the song. The wonderful guest we have here today for Song of the Soul is Abigail Dowd. AbigailDowd.com is her website. By the time you hear this, folks, I'm pretty sure she'll have a Patreon account up. The pandemic has definitely cut into musicians' means of support, and she's a wonderful musician from North Carolina who deserves your support. So please remember to come via northernspiritradio.org, find Abigail Dowd, and all the other wonderful guests we've had here for Song of the Soul and for Spirit in Action. Since 2005, we've been doing this program. Program. And I've found my life's calling in doing this. And Abigail Dowd has had for all her life the calling of being a singer songwriter, being a musician, being a gift to the world that way. On the northernspiritradio.org website, you'll also find a place to leave comments. So give us feedback. And Abigail, I would like you to leave a comment too about your experience here. And you probably listened to other interviews I've got with a lot of folks you know. We've got many folks in common who are friends. 
Also on the site, there's a place to donate. You can support Northern Spirit Radio that way. But also, please, please, please remember to support your local community radio stations. Our programs go out to some 42 stations nationwide, and they bring this kind of music and news and such that grows up from the ground in the localities, the communities where these stations are held. So please remember to support them first. We need that source of music and news in the world that you won't get from corporate or big media. Corporation, government have different drives, and the one that really feeds us is the one that comes from the community. So please support them. Abigail Dowd is joining us from Greensboro, North Carolina, where I've had the pleasure of being, I don't know, I think four or five times. So is North Carolina completely home, or is Maine still calling you, or Michigan, you know, your mother's home area? I have a fondness for Michigan because I just have my early memories are there. When you have an early root, you know, you can never quite dig it up. Maine, I love Maine. Maine was just, it was a, I could do an entire interview just on Maine. But as far as home, I don't know. I've sort of come to the conclusion that, you know, everywhere I am, I need to find a way to root there and not be looking for the next place. And I certainly have a lot of roots in North Carolina. My mom's from North Carolina. I was born in North Carolina. I grew up in North Carolina. The thing I loved about Maine was the connection to nature, how beautiful it was. It reminded me of the way North Carolina was when I was a kid, when it wasn't so overgrown and so fast and when people were resourceful and they understand in Maine, at least the people that I had community with, the rhythms of nature. I knew when the lupins were coming. I knew when the lilies and the lilacs were coming out and the peony. I just, it was not hard to start to just be surrounded by nature. And it was celebrated. You know, you knew when the pumpkins were coming out and you knew when it was blueberry season and apple season and maple syrup. And it was just really interesting how many rituals, just daily normal things, just revolve around nature there without having to work so hard to find it. Did you regain some of that during the pandemic? I found a lot of people, I mean, they're walking because they can't get out with people anymore. And so now they're communing with nature more. Yeah, I could see that. Living in a city, I'm very lucky we have a beautiful yard. And so I was able to get out in the backyard and just lay in the dirt and look up at the trees. Um, I miss those long views that you get, you know, when you're at the mountains or the coast or over a field somewhere. There's something meditative about being able to see distance. And I miss that. Well, I'm loving what we're talking about. And I'd love to have some more music, too. Yes, let's dive into the song Run. Where does this song come from? I mean, you know, your first words, I am the last woman of my tongue. Clearly, there's someone who's very rooted in the area, very rooted in culture. Where does this come from? There's an anthropologist. I studied anthropology in college, and so I, I love to have anthropology books on my bedside. There's an anthropologist named Wade Davis, and he wrote a book called Wayfinders. And at the very beginning of this book, he talks about languages and how at what a rate that they're becoming extinct. And I just couldn't imagine being the last person who could speak my language. And as I started to understand more and think more about this and realize that those are the languages that connect us to our land and connect us to each other and the way that a lot of those indigenous languages 
the way that they're crafted, there isn't a separation. And so when we lose those languages, there's a lot of stories and knowledge and connection to place that is lost. And I, when I wrote this song and for the first year or two that I performed it, it didn't feel like my story. But recently I learned that the Oxford Junior Dictionary takes words out of the dictionary every year and adds new ones. And so the new ones that they add are hashtag and cyberbullying and, you know, the technology words. But the words that they're taking out are meadow and otter and wren. And it really, it just was like a dagger to my heart. I physically felt it because I had written this song. And when I wrote it, I had the arrogance to think that that could never happen to me. And I just can't imagine a world, but there were a lot of things that I couldn't imagine and I haven't been here that long. So (laughs) (laughs) it's the song about, you know, what it means to be severed from that. And the title of it, Run, you talk about the earth running out of time. You've already said your connection, your spiritual place is in nature, right? That That's a place where you're specifically nurtured. Does that also mean that you're a fighter for the planet that way? I suppose, I don't even know if fighter is the right word. Teacher of the things that I know rather than preacher of, you know, sometimes when you go in with the fighting attitude, it's a lot easier for people to resist without being able to hear. And so lead by example, find the ways that I'm rooted and share that with others. Maybe I'm also an Aquarius. So I definitely love the cosmos just as much. And I get lost in the stars and deep space. So (laughs) I'm fortunate to have both. Well, I'm a Gemini. So I think two ways about that. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) well played. The song is Run. It's from Beautiful Day, Abigail Dowd. Of the land, 
There's no woman, child, or man Who knows where they come from We are running out of time To save this planet, humankind Oh, where will you run? Where will you run, 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 run? And there's no guest today for Song of the Soul is Abigail Dowd. She's in Greensboro, North Carolina, and she's now in my heart since she exposed me to her wonderful music. I followed a leading to get to her, and that song, Run, was one of them that touches very deeply. It's kind of interesting, Abigail, for me, the style of that music is a little bit more, well, I guess it's closer to the earth. Some of the music that you do can be high and lifting and lilting and and beautiful. And that one has a beauty that has more earth in it, it feels to me. The run, run, run. I mean, there's sweat on the brow in that one, too. You were occupying the spirit of another person, I think, as you wrote that song, uh, envisaging something that you hadn't known that was part of your dynamics. I think when I heard the song, I was a bit surprised because, as you already mentioned, Tchaikovsky is one of your earliest musical memories, classical music, and there's the music of charismatic Christians like Pentecostalists. There's very folk music that you do. And this one was another sort of music. I know you can do blues. I've heard some music of yours that's in that direction. What is this song to you? What are its roots? It feels that groundedness, that tribalness. Recording this song in the studio was just so fun because the way the album was recorded, Jason Richmond, who produced the album, all the musicians were asked not to hear the songs beforehand. And so a lot of us hadn't met each other. And we came into the the studio and I just I just started playing through them and we all just found our places together. And this one, Austin McCall, who plays drums on this album, he is in a band with more African roots. And so I can really feel that much more indigenous feel to it, which I think is fitting. It wasn't intentional, but yeah, I remember studying anthropology and ritual and symbols and all of these things that I didn't understand. And I think I had a real craving for that. There is a disconnect in our modern world 
and the way that everything's so fast paced and the fact that we aren't rooted in our rituals, we don't necessarily understand why we do what we do. And to have those connections, which is something that I'm weaving back into my own life as I clear out old stories, this song is just for me. Yes, I feel like it is telling somebody else's story, but as the songwriter, I'm just longing for that grandmother figure who speaks a language to my soul to tell me what to do and to tell me what I'm connected to. And it's hard to find that voice sometimes. And that's why we sit still. Yeah. I'm thirsty for some more music. Oh, well, if you're thirsty, we should go to the river. And this river, if I'm not mistaken, is the St. Vrain River. Is that that river or is there another river that you have? St. Vrain River, folks, is in Colorado. I knew about that from having read up a bit about Abigail. Or is there another river that's part of your soul? I think there was that spiritual, especially growing up in the South and the whole Pentecostal or that sort of tradition where people would wade in the water. Vance Gilbert is a folk musician who gathers with us at the St. Vrain River. There's a song school at Planet Bluegrass in Lyons, Colorado, and it's where songwriters gather for a week before the big folk festival and the river runs through the campgrounds and we come together and we write songs. And at the end of the week, I remember the very first year I went, I didn't know what we were doing and that made it very powerful. We all gather in this pavilion and we sing and to hear all of these voices collected, it reminded me how powerful it is to sing together. So we're singing together and then all of a sudden someone leads us towards the water and all 125, 150 of us step into the water and we're all standing in the water. And then Vance Gilbert, with his booming voice, starts singing Wade in the Water and Coming from the South and that deep spiritual, I mean, just that song. It took me right back to being four years old when my great-grandmother would, we would drive around the county because she would heal people. And we would go and she would pray and I would sing. And it just took me right back to just this that sense and so it was a couple years later that I was in that same place and I stepped out into the river or the creek onto a boulder and I had my guitar and I started fiddling around with it and I wrote the song that is Saint Vrain on the album, which is the introduction to the song River. And then I just started singing. And there is something really powerful about the Saint Vrain to me. It flooded in 2013. It flooded the, in the Boulder Valley. And so the destruction, people lost their homes. I mean, the water was just so powerful. And oddly enough, if you want to call it odd, here I am sitting in this river that had just shown its power at some point and really cleansed the valley. And Jason, my husband, had just finished renovating our home. I had just moved back into our home before I flew out to Colorado after this long journey of not having a place to live. And our house was, you know, not safe for me to live in. So there was the mold remediation and the renovated kitchen and painted all the walls and just we had just put a lot into making the house clean and dry and safe and I flew out to Colorado and one day I'm sitting in the river and I write this song and that night my husband called and he said with just this beaten down voice it's happening all over again the water is back and it's worse than it's ever been everything that we've just done is undone our ductwork was ripped out and flooded and our HVAC unit was, you know, floating in the yard. And fortunately, the city bought our house, but it felt like it really did feel like I was able to dig into my soul and say, put me where I'm meant to be. 
and give it to the river. And the river answered by saying, Well, we're going to have to clear you out of here. Thank you.
I'm so thankful, folks, that you got to hear the story behind that song as well as the song. The wonderful music that Abigail Dowd makes is its own richness, but the stories that energize her are part of what the beauty that I experience through the music. There are a couple things in that one, Abigail, that I was wondering about. First of all, that one's done live. So this was actually performed in your backyard as opposed to in the music studio, like the rest of the songs that you're sharing today. When you say in the song about heaven and hell, again, you had this Pentecostal background, you get what baptized or something, Methodist, Presbyterian, all of that kind of thing. Does this song accurately represent how you relate to those terms of heaven and hell? I don't know. I don't think about it. I don't think about that because if I were to think about it, I'd probably argue with it and spend my time just not saying anything good. So what I will tell you is that I had recently read or, and I don't know where I came upon this, this idea that when we do live our truth, that your truth and my truth may not match. I actually read a book called Resurrecting Jesus by a Zen Buddhist named Adishanti. And I think I may have listened to it on my drive out to Colorado. But just this idea of a spiritual awakening and a spiritual journey and understanding that my journey may not look like your journey and I can't judge your journey. And that sometimes the things that somebody does that we judge, they may seem bad, but they are actually gifts to somebody else to help that other person on their spiritual journey. And I don't know what's going on. I can't judge this. When I do live for myself and I'm trying to do all the shoulds and it doesn't resonate for me, that is a special kind of hell. When I know that I'm not taking advantage of this precious, precious human experience that I get to enjoy, if I don't live my own truth while I'm here, I can't think of anything for myself that feels more like damnation and self-imposed because I'm not brave enough to, to live my path and honor my path. And that was who I thought that I was being taught about when I was four years old <laughs> until I was taught otherwise. So for me, heaven ain't up and hell ain't below. It's like, it is right here. You can try to figure out what heaven and hell are, but you know, it's also right here and you can decide how you want to live. Because there is a peacefulness when you really can speak your truth and understand your truth and find your truth, which is not easy. But there are moments when it does feel like heaven, when you have the strength to, to be r bright and radiant in your own way. I wonder if it isn't somewhat easier in our culture for a man to reach that. Because I think women in our culture are supposed to not cause trouble. They're just supposed to be the peacemakers in the family. And so once you say, express an idea that's different, that can be uncomfortable for some people. Whereas a man is supposed to be, he's supposed to be his own man, right? You know, and so when you talk about the difficulty of doing that, I wonder if it is harder for a woman to find the freedom in our culture to do the kind of journeying you've been doing. Maybe. But I also think that we all have that feminine energy that we all have masculine and feminine. You know, it's like it's part of us. If, and we've just been taught to honor the masculine. And so there are also men out there who have a more feminine side and they're not able to maybe honor that. It's like, why can't men cry? 
Why do they have to go off to war and see the horrible, torturous things that we put men through? So I don't even know if it's gender specific. It just makes it a little easier when your truth aligns with the broader what's accepted. Well, there's beautiful truths shared through all of your songs, and I'd like to get one more in before we have to disconnect Abigail. So where are we going last? Let's go to Grandmother Moon. I, this, this song has a really special place for me. It was written after an event. It was a Sacred Fire Foundation, which is based, I believe, out of New Mexico. But they were here in Greensboro, and there was a woman, Paha, who was a Lakota elder, and another woman, Diane Longboat, who is, I believe, Mohawk, and other tribes. And they were coming here to speak. And I just happened to see the postcard for their talk one day when when I was a little girl, when I was 12, my father passed away and he always would visit me as an owl or I don't know if it was him visiting, but I would see owls every year on my birthday, like an owl. It just was a real significance for me. And I'd gone years without seeing it, but our house had flooded and I was kind of calling out to my dad, like, come on, I need some sign. Like, I don't even have a place to live. And that was when I saw this postcard and it felt like a sign. And that afternoon when I went home carrying this postcard, I saw there was an owl in the middle of the day sitting on the street sign right in front of our house. And I decided, okay, I'm going to go. And I went and the first words out of this woman's mouth were, I am my father's daughter. And she began to talk about losing her father when she was very young and how she came to understand that he was stronger on the other side than he ever could have been for her on this side. And it was really moving and very powerful. And she talked about Grandmother Moon and Grandfather Son. And I thought, wow, I've never heard of them referred to that way. But when I think of Mother Earth and Grandmother Moon and Grandfather, like, I don't feel alone. I feel like I really am just supported by this just incredible planet and things that I can see and things that I can't see. And when I feel alone, I have to remember there are things there that I can't see. This song came out of that Sacred Fire Foundation event and my saying hello to Grandmother Moon. That's how we're going to end today's Song of the Soul visit with Abigail Dowd. I hate to end it, Abigail. I'm, I'm loving my time with you. I'm loving your music. I'm loving the gift you bring through all of your songs that I've heard so far. And uh, people can find them on abigaildowd.com. We're ending with Grandmother Moon. It's a beautiful song we've got to share here. Abigail, I just can't believe that the spirit so amazingly led me to you. I am so thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the gift you shared here today for Song of the Soul. Thank you. This has just been so nice. And to everybody who's tuning in, it's just a blessing to find community all over the place. And I appreciate you sharing my music, Mark. I'm glad to do it. And remember, folks, we can find that community with Grandmother Moon, with Grandfather Sun, and with Mother Earth. Please enjoy that as you listen to Abigail's song, Grandmother Moon, and we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. Here's Grandmother Moon. Say prayers, Grandmother Moon, shine light on me. You wax and wane just the same. Teach me how to be a woman who walks the land with strength and wisdom. I will stand. 
Theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.